Bloke's Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Bloke's Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Bloke's Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 336, live from the Tech Guide studio. Trevor Long with you from EFTM.com. Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au, mate. Where have you been? Where have I been? <laughs> I'll be right here, Trevor. I've uh, been a couple of weeks since we've been back from Barcelona and uh, you've had a trip, quick trip to New York. And All right, so it's my fault. It's my fault it's been uh, a week or two between yeah. podcasts. But do you know what? Um, I think there's there's what some sort of yeah I was I was uh, fonder is that what you're trying to say mate I was just trying to think what is that thing they say <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's obviously anyway. not something you say very often to your wife nah mate it? no remember, remember that line okay absence makes the heart grow fonder whenever you're saying to your wife or asking your wife if you can go away again. It's a really touchy subject okay. right now, so really just, let's not, it. okay, yeah. let's just not go yeah. there. Anyway, we're here to talk the latest in technology, the tech news of the week, or a little more, uh, here with Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear and Hisense. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, Stephen, uh, let's get off with a story I ran yesterday afternoon about Foxtel. Now, this goes back to a tweet we both got, and then I've had other conversations with people because the NBN is rolling out HFC, the, the old cable TV cable, into more homes, interestingly. So in, at the ends of streets where it never was, they're, they're putting it down there because it's easier for them to run the NBN that way. So my um, father-in-law, for example, lives at the end of a quite a long street, but for some reason the whole block never got cable, although the next block did. So their, their Foxtel is via satellite. They couldn't get in, um, but Big Pond Cable... They've had crappy ADSL. So the NBN, according to the plans, they're going to run HFC just that little bit further around the block and they'll so get... continue what's already there. Correct. Yeah, and, right. and they'll get they'll have that the, the cable, yeah. HFC cable, running to them and they'll better get an NBN service via the cable, which is good, reliable. Right. And so I had a couple of people ask me whether they could then switch from satellite, Foxtel, to cable. Yep. And I just thought, well, I mean, I guess so if you wanted to. And during this week, I had a lot of emails about the NBN, and we'll talk about the NBN a bit later. But one guy actually said in his email, I switched recently from satellite to HFC. And I went, oh, it's possible. So I got back to one of the blokes on Twitter, and I said, yeah, I believe it's possible. And he said, well, actually, here's a transcript of, like he'd taken screenshots of a text chat he's had with Foxtel. Mm. And it said something along the lines of, we're currently migrating all customers to satellite. And I went, hang on a minute. So I thought, well, he's an idiot customer service rep that's just stuffed that one right up. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it happens. You, you make a call and they uh, say have, the wrong I thing. I have experience in that, yeah. yes. So I contact Foxtel and I say, can you confirm or deny whether you're moving everyone to the satellite? I'll be honest. I, I just thought they'd say, that's stupid. Ridiculous. <laughs> and they've written back and gone, yes, we are. We're migrating well, yeah. all customers to satellite. Um, there's no time frame on it. Um, there's yeah. no – I mean, it's all a bit blurry around the edges, the, the statements and the things. But essentially, if you've got Foxtel – cable coming into your home and you've got a Foxtel box and you like watching the footy on it, in some time in the next few years, they're going to come along and go, knock, 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 here's a different box yeah. and we've got to put a saddle on your dish. Will it be when that, when that home is um, on the, on the uh, NBN? So if it, you've got to say you've got a current NFC, your current situation mm. allows you to have in the Foxtel cable, yeah. Foxtel through the cable. Yeah. So I'd imagine when the NBN comes through, change. It has no relationship to the NBN being at your home. 
I thought that was the reason why it's not because because Foxtel, well, Telstra Cable, Telstra being part owner of the Foxtel, provided that way to get hmm. Foxtel. Like in my, I'm an example. I don't have Telstra Foxtel. Cable. I don't have Telstra Cable. I'm a satellite customer, hmm. so I couldn't get Foxtel any other way but through satellite. So I'll try my best to break this down. It's nothing to do with the NBN. <laughs> the NBN now own the cable. Yeah. So what happens is the, they don't own the whole network yet. As each suburb gets connected to the NBN via HFC, NBN takes ownership of the cable. So let's just fast forward. 2022, NBN owns the entire cable network. But uh, before 2015, there was three uses for the cable network. One was uh, Foxtel. Yep. So imagine the spectrum being divided up. Foxtel, Big Pond Cable, and then the, there's this last little bit that they'd allocated for the NBN. And so slowly but surely, this cable in my street is still being used partly for NBN, partly for Big Pond Cable customers, partly for Foxtel. Fast forward to 2022, and it will be two users, NBN, and so the NBN will take over the, the space, the spectrum that Big yep. Pond was using, which will actually make it uh, even better NBN service. But there's Telstra, actually, even though they don't own the cable, still have the rights to sell that last bit of space to Foxtel. Right? So even in 2022, 2030, Telstra still own that rights as a part of the contract. Yeah. So there's no reason why Foxtel has to get off the cable from the NBN's perspective. From a Telstra perspective, I spoke to them. They, they, last year, Foxtel paid $35 million to Telstra for the right to use that broadcast spectrum mm -hmm. in the cable. Mm -hmm. That's the money they're saving. So Foxtel's looked at that and gone, let's save $35 million. Throw everyone, on throw everyone up on the satellite. Money saving. Correct. Saved money. Right. Correct. Saving. Yep. Um, and and obviously it's going to cost a bunch of cash because even if there's a hundred thousand people, let alone five hundred thousand people, mm -hmm. they've got to install satellites on every roof. Yeah. Well, but you think about it. If if that's if you're a new customer, uh, so say you're so if you're an existing customer, there's going to be that's a that's a decent amount of work to switch your connection to a satellite. Mm -hmm. But if you're a brand new customer, yeah. then that's that's just how yeah. it works now. So new customers, I had someone tweet me yesterday and say I signed up yesterday and they wouldn't let me put cable. So I had to. So that's what's happening is. The, the, the process is no more cable sign-ups mm. and then a lot of people will just churn. It happens all the time on Foxtel, so yeah. they'll lose customers. Um, and then essentially they'll, they'll start migrating customers. Now, the biggest – it's interesting because I say to people, well, why does it matter? I, I wouldn't want to settle on my roof for a start, but mm. outside of that, why does it matter? And people say that the channels are different. They say it's not HD. It's I'm a bit – oh, well, I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's still HD. Yeah. The channels are all there, but here's what's missing. And this is utterly insane. Free-to-air channels, free -to -air, yeah, right? right? Because with Foxtel Cable, they do not redistribute the seven mate or the nine flicks or whatever the heck it's mm -hmm. called, nine life. They don't redistribute all of the yeah, all of the free-to-air channels. Yeah, right, yeah. But so so Foxtel's answer to that is the IQ3 box has a TV tuner yeah. and aerial. But, mate, the number of people I've spoken to over many years who say, oh, my Foxtel went down and I couldn't watch Channel 9. You know why? Because the heavy rain, if it rains heavily, no. the weather yeah, can affect but it. The point, even on cable, I'm yeah, saying, yeah. people rely on their Foxtel box for the free-to-air. Yeah, that's right. They it's, don't have antennas. That's the only thing they watch. Yeah, mate, no, there are going to be hundreds of thousands of homes that have yeah, the cable yeah, ripped right. out and the satellite put in and there's no aerial on their roof. My or my the aerial is an analog aerial, not digital. My parents are in that exact situation. They've got Foxtel cable, they've got Telstra cable, and they get their Foxtel through it. They don't have an aerial because they watch everything through the Foxtel box. Mm. So in however long it's going to be, they're going to have to either decide to get a satellite dish and an aerial 
or get cut Foxtel altogether yeah. and just go reg, just a regular area. I think it's a really interesting. I mean, it now makes sense to me given how much I know they spend on it. But, yeah, but you boy, think this is gonna. This to me is just gonna push everyone to Foxtel now. Like, what? Well, why? Like, well, you got this. Say, you, a, you got the NBN. B, you got hopefully great speeds and downloads and all that. Uh, C, unlimited data. So why not just throw it down the pipe with Foxtel now? Because it's 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 still never as good as broadcast. Internet still hasn't proven itself to be as good as broadcast, yeah. especially for live sporting events but and things. But it's ninety nine percent there. <clears throat> I, I think it's eighty percent. I'm going to say eighty percent. Really? Yeah. But it's, it's getting close though. But with the NBN and that reliability, hopefully, that's that percentage will be higher. Yeah. There's no doubt that if you if we had access to Foxtel's forward plans, let's say I don't know, ten years planning, mm-hmm. that the percentage of customers on OTT Foxtel now would be much bigger than than even his cable customers. But I'm just saying that I think it's going to shock a lot of people. I think a lot of people are going to be annoyed by it. I think the frustration of having to convert to a free-to-air signal through an antenna is going to annoy a lot of people. It's going to be oh, my, the response I've had to it indicates that Foxtel's got some work to do in terms of convincing yeah. everyone it's the right thing to do. Does this play into Netflix's hands and some uh, competitors' hands that it's a good point, actually. Yeah, I think it might play into Fetch TV's think, hands and yeah, people like that yeah, as well. Right. So it's other 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 content providers. They might say, "Hey, okay, you're, you're going to Fox still going to stuff you around? We'll yeah. we'll take you on as a customer." It'll be interesting because I know, and I don't know that he'll have a problem with saying this, but I know that Scott Lawson from Foxtel from Fetch, Fetch yeah. has the ability to stream via IP the free to air channels. Okay, yeah. they have the ability to restream them. Yeah. I wonder whether they might go into a redistribution agreement with the free-to-airs that says, let, let us restream you so that people without antennas can just can get, get the it. channels. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's a, that'd be an opportunity, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, Anyway, interesting stuff. If you're a Foxtel cable subscriber and you don't want a satellite dish on your roof, let us know what you're thinking and uh, how that's going to go down. Uh, the full story at EFTM.com. Well, you've only just got back from New York where Samsung has uh, unveiled their new lineup of 2018 TVs. And I, I thought it was interesting because at CES, we never got this. Normally at CES, the Samsung stand is filled with TVs. You see the Series 8, the Series 9, the QLED, UHD. This year, there wasn't a TV on its own in the whole stand because it was the whole story of what the, the connected devices and the smart Did you notice is. that? Well, it, it's, it was <coughs> conspicuous by, by its absence. Because when they rang me and said, uh, we're going to have an event in New York, uh, I went, well, what is it for? Because it can't be the note, it's too soon. Yeah. They got TVs. I went, we did TVs at CES? They go, no, we didn't. I went, yes, you did. They go, no, we no, didn't. I went, did oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was a, a different kind of approach to Samsung because they hinted at what was coming. But that wasn't the story of CES. CES, that just proves that it was all about that ecosystem. Mm. And so now they've come up with their new range of tellies. And I've got to say my favourite feature is the ambient mode mm. where your TV can blend into the wall. That's really cool. It is because uh, – and, and I think that's linked directly to the fact that we're buying bigger TVs. We want big TVs. Um, Aussies are walking into Harvey Norman and asking for 65 or more. Um, yep. So they've got four models that are coming out in 75 inches or more. And the premium range feature this this ambient mode because the idea is that you know whether you've got a white wall or a brick wall or wallpaper, a seventy five inch box on the wall when when you're not using it is a black hideous a thing slab. Now they and they proved that with the frame right. Yeah. They proved that people would want something different. But 
I don't know about 75-inch artwork, right? So I think they went, what else could we do? Also, to differentiate the, the ranges. Um, so the ambient mode, you take a photo with your smartphone, it, it analyzes the background in the same way that content-aware fill on Photoshop does, and it fills the screen with the content. Now, I, we only saw it demonstrated on bricks yeah. and a plain wall, right? You've got a beige wall. How's it going to look? No, no. So plain's fine. Yeah. It just it, it does a plain just color. Just imitate the color. Yeah, and and then what you do is you you never have a blank screen. It's always got like a, you know photos or the clock yeah, or something or on top of it. Yeah, a news ticker. And but all that. well, I want to see it on complex wallpaper. No, I mean, if it's going to be ambient, if it's going to blend in, it's got to blend in. So I want to see how well it really replicates a, a wallpaper theme, for example. Yeah. I'm not not going crazy. I'm in a patterned theme, a repetitive pattern. Um, but I think it looks cool. I think I, I like the idea. It, I'll be honest, none of the videos or photos do it justice. Yeah. They all look like it doesn't do colour matching very well. Mm. But actually, in my mind, it does a pretty good job. Not perfect. But pretty good job. So it dims the screen, kind of like art mode on a frame, but doesn't have sensors in the room. It's a button. You have to you have to say, "I want to go to ambient mode now." So instead of hitting power, you it go ambient mode. If you're not in the room, correct, like the frame does. But the, I think it's it's the. You, I've noticed that this is sort of Samsung's approach. Is yeah, we want bigger screens, but I think the other half, and I've often described it as the the WAF, the wife approval factor of TVs. The guys want to get a big screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's get a big screen. But that still has to appeal to the decision maker, the sort of the person who looks after the, the, the budgets of the home, which is usually the, the, the woman, the, the other partner. And that sort of design appeal, I think, is, is going to tick the box for, them, for, the, for that customer. So it's going to look nice in the home. It's not going to be this ugly big thing on the wall. It's going to, you know, it's not really nicely designed, really thin bezels. So I think that's just one other feature to convince customers that, yeah, a big screen's not going to be an ugly thing on the wall. Yeah, so ambient mode, outstanding concept. Not absolutely sure that it's a, you know, standout feature for most homes, but I, I, I look forward to I guess I need to see the, the use of How it in, a, in yeah, a general yeah. day. Yeah. Um, the screen size is, is a massive part of the story, 75 inches, but critically, 75 inches at their, it's hard to say entry level because they're still going to be premium TVs, but there's premium UHD range, which are not QLEDs. Yeah. There's going to be a 75-inch version. Now, that okay. says to me that they are, oh, and I'm not quoting here, I'm just making an assumption, they're annoyed by Hisense. They're frustrated by Hisense because Hisense is selling big volume, right? <laughs> yeah. They're selling a lot of TVs, yeah. whereas Samsung's selling a lot of dollars worth of TVs. Yeah. And people are walking into JBs and going, I want the biggest TV I can get for this much money. Yeah. And they're walking out with it. Now, I think Samsung realises that. I think Samsung Samsung's 75-inch premium UHD will probably come in at, Christ, four grand, maybe four really? and a half, don't you reckon? 75 inches? I don't know. What are you? 4,000? I don't, I don't know. It'll, it'll, it's pretty good. I, I think it'll compete. What a, oh, yeah, I, I think it'll compete with, with something at the high end of Hisense's range, right? So this is obviously QLEDs there, jewel in the crown. That'll be still premium. Yeah. But so you're saying that there is it, what do they call it, Super UHD? Premium UHD is their sort of Series 7 Hisense battler, you mean? Like a, yes. Like a, to take 100%. on that, that, that level yeah. of the market. Yeah, yeah right. So, it's I mean, competitive, I, eh? Like, you, how many people call you and say, man, I'm after a TV. What do, what do you recommend? I get to call, I get three calls out a week from either readers, emails, and and they say, I've got this much to spend. So it's not like they're saying, oh, I want to buy a Samsung and I, I've got this much to spend. They're saying, the dollar amount, I want to get as much as I can for this amount of money. So yeah. that, I think that that's, if Samsung go down that road, they're going to be very competitive in, in terms of uh, to attract that sort of customer. 
rather than bring themselves, you know, Samsung have still got their, you know, good, better, best range, QLED being the premium. Yeah. But if they've got another little subcategory that can sort of bat off the competitors, then that's pretty powerful. I think all they're doing is saying in our our, our subcategory that's always existed, we're going to go big or go home as well. Yeah. You know, so so that they have that competitive. Now, the other another feature that stood out to me, um, and interestingly, we haven't talked about pitch quality yet, right? Because it didn't really get highlighted. It's better, but you right? Assume, it's it's, but you it's going better. That. Of course, it's going to be better. Like, uh, that that's another reason why I think CES wasn't. Uh, we weren't obsessed about sort of specs and and quality because everyone's cracked it. Everyone can do 4K. Everyone can do HDR. Everyone can kind of do it now. So what's different? But time, but remember also, it's still not OLED, right? So it's yeah. still this it's still this push towards OLED. They're talking about the contrast, right, the blacks, black levels. They've still got to get that yeah. right. There's but one one weakness of OLED, I've got to say, we, OLED's genius technology. The only um, the only thing QLED or LED in general has got over OLED is that at the peak brightness, Q, the LED is much better for brightness. If you want a really bright TV, hmm. OLED that's probably its only weakness in terms of being really bright. Compared to an LED TV. Yeah, but I still think most people would pick the OLED over Of course the, they would. Because, yeah. But most people, though, would be watching their TV in surroundings that they can control, like, you know, they can shut the curtains and they, they, it's not too bright a room. That's an issue. I think it was, it was one point that Samsung brought up with their QLED ranges that they're built for Australian homes. We live in open, bright mm. environments. So I think that's important. I've heard from readers saying, this TV is unwatchable in this bright room I've got because it's the reflections and all that. Oh, you know, given the TVs are a little bit old, today's TVs have the filters and QLED has this, this, this special filter so that it can be still be bright in a bright room. I think they're, they're the considerations and selling points for TVs. Just back to pricing, I was looking at your article from last year's high since 75 inch, five grand. So yeah. maybe maybe I'm unders on four grand, but I reckon I reckon five, five and a half. If they put it this way, if it was five nine nine nine, then it's going to come down to five well, four nine nine pretty quickly. That, 75 inch TV. But I think though that the like, like everything else, obviously pre, the premium end that that that's the premium price you pay. But at that other level, there's still a lot of competition for pricing, and the prices are still coming down. They're still on the way down. So the other cool feature um, in America, one invisible cable. Uh, can't be called that in Australia because it's not bloody invisible. It's a real cable. <laughs> so it's called One Clear Connect. Yeah. Um, and it's a single cable. Now, they had this in the last two years, and it's gotten better. Last year, it was the little fishing wire cable for the, all yeah. the AV, all your, all your antenna, HDMIs, yeah. everything. Go through this little cable. It's brilliant. But this, but this year, power. it's power yeah, as well. Wow. So that's literally... That's a world That's a world first in the industry, isn't it? Yeah. Like, so your theatre's a crazy weird example. You've got one corner of the room where all the boxes are, right? Yeah. Now, yeah, I know. Um, for <laughs> Renault, people yeah. don't have a rack; they just have a, a list of their boxes, right? Yeah. HDMI and everything there. So the TV's got to be close to that. Mm. Then you've got to have power. But if you wanted to put the TV over here, right yeah. on the complete other side of the room, yeah. pretty hard to do. Yeah. So this one, you can get a 15 meter one clear connect yeah. cable, power over there. You don't need to put a power point here. Yeah. You can run the thing just yeah. along the along the wall. Up, boom, done, and it's, it's it, the TV can be anywhere. Yeah. Well, like it's smart. a very cool feature. Very smart. I think you. So the people that, that again, another appeal to the lifestyle part of the story, where you want to have it. You don't want to have to put all the things underneath the TV if you don't want to. So it gives you that flexibility. Yeah, they've right. really pushed that. Pushed it as a part of the lounge room, and I think we're seeing a real trend towards TVs. And we started with the art range. To be honest, with Samsung, yeah. Yeah. we're seeing a trend towards how a TV can be utilised when you're not watching television. Um, so that's a really interesting thing. We don't have pricing yet. They'll be available around the end of April. We should get pricing um, yeah. by April. And just on that, all, all the other companies are planning their launches too. I think Panasonic and LG are on the same day. Their their consumer electronics, yeah. uh, their their AV school launches. holidays. I'm out. 
Yeah, really. So it'll be Panasonic in the morning, LG at lunchtime, and Samsung, I think, are having an event in early April. I yeah, understand. well, that's when they would announce the, uh, yeah, the pricing. Yeah. Anyway, interesting stuff. Two Blokes Talking Tech details at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. Well, if you're looking for great Wi-Fi, and this is the solution to many people's NBN problems, I'll be honest, because the Wi-Fi is the problem. Uh, Orbi is the brand and the and the product you need to hear and know about. Orbi gives you reliable, secure, crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of the home. That is everywhere. No more dead zones, no drop connection through walls, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. It reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. Um, with a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. So no matter how many devices are connected, you'll have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed that you're paying for and the sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show, giving your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display with just a couple of clicks your secure wi-fi network will be ready in no time for more information visit netgear.com.au or be better wi-fi everywhere my two new products from fitbit this week the versa and the ace and i want to talk about the ace first because it's it's designed for kids and it's a 129 product frankly looks looks like the altar Yes, yeah. it just looks like many of the Fitbits before them, in particular the Ultra. Yeah. Um, uh, it's designed for kids 8+. plus. I'm going to say straight up, I, I don't think they've nailed it here. I think the Garmin Vivo Fit range for kids is a much more kid-like thing, it you know? Look, it looks a bit more playful, doesn't it? Yeah, than the, than whereas the Fitbit's just got a yeah, yeah. cool coloured band, yeah. but it looks like a Fitbit. Yeah. Um, I also don't know, and I haven't tested it, that it has amazing kid features like the Garmin does, which is like, you know, chores and, and, and activities and, and gamification of the whole thing. So I don't know that they've just, you know, created a kid's yeah. version of their thing and, and not really changed yeah. much, but at 129 bucks, it competes directly with the Garmin Vivo Fit Junior. Yeah. I think there's a, in the dashboard there may be something where parents can connect access things and and set challenges and stuff. They can challenge friends. And yeah, things I know. Like. But what you want is the things like the chore reminders and you know brush yeah. your teeth and those yeah. things that exist in the in the Vivo Fit Junior. So you need, you need a oh, Fitbit to remind your kids about that, mate. Don't mate. You tell your kids what do your kids brush their teeth every night. Yeah, they do. But why should I remind them? Yeah, you have to remind them. Yeah, don't forget That's to brush a your teeth. Job, mate. Oh, okay, mate. Is that you? You think so? That you, why should you but, need but a Fitbit you, to you tell missed, your kids have to you, wash Have you tried a Vivo Fit Junior at all? No. So they have a timer on them as well. So the oh, you know, so they're, they're, so they're getting two minutes, you know. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot of a huge advantage of the Vivo Absolutely. Fit Genius, which I'm not sure the uh, the Fitbit nails, yeah. but so be it. The the other product though is the Versa. Now, if you fit of the think of the I don't know Blaze Ionic, you know the other watches that they've done. Yeah. I think they've struggled a bit because they've yeah, gone they have, they've gone a bit too far with the design. They haven't quite nailed it, have they? It's like cars, you know, you get cars they go too edgy or too bubbly. And I think <laughs> I think a Fitbit went a little bit too edgy on their design yeah. and they've come back 20 steps now to a bit more standard watch-ish look yeah. with a with a circular kind of edges to the to the square. I think they've done a good job here. It's a good-looking smart watch. It's three hundred bucks, though, mate. I don't know that it's got enough it's on board to. It wasn't the Ionic. Ionic like was four four forty nine. Yeah, so yeah, it was right up in sort of Apple Watch territory. Yeah. I think it's smart how they've done it. The design actually looks really appealing. It looks more Apple Watch like. Mm. It's going to definitely compete against that. I've gone hard on the accessories too. Well, that too. But I'm thinking they probably looked at the Ionic and saw, wow, we're, we're competing like dollar for dollar with an Apple Watch. Let's make it cheaper, make it look more like the Apple Watch and give people that alternative. We're not going to beat Apple in that area, so let's give them something that's a little bit cheaper, as good, still with that amazing Fitbit brand and that all the information you can get. 
Uh, I think this is smooth, and actually, it actually looks pretty nice. I, I'd, I'd wear that. That looks really cool. Pink one? Would no. you wear the pink one? No. I'd get oh, okay, I thought that was the one you were looking at. <laughs> the black, no. I'd go the black or the, uh, oh, I don't mind. They've got a range of all the, like Apple, they've got a, a number of colours. Hmm. Plus accessories. You better buy new bands and accessorise. Look, I think they're, um, you know, they're clearly now, the, the they kind of won the game. Garmin uh, hot on their heels, but I think they still dominate Fitbit. But I think Garmin but, is sort of more your higher-end athlete, like your no, triathlete. absolutely, but remember, they've got, they've got your standard bog-standard fitness trackers as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think Fitbit wins the, the bog-standard fitness tracker market. Yeah. I think Garmin it's wins the, the junior market. Yeah. I see a lot of kids with Garmin's. Yeah. And then Garmin wins the high-end, um, yeah, you know, the, activity, the, the, uh, sports, sports triathletes and stuff. Isn't it and, funny how, like, Fitbit, like you, I'm sure your readers and people that ask you for advice say, "Look, I want to buy a Fitbit," but they don't. They don't realise they're saying the, the an brand. activity tracker. It's become like a, you know, I want to buy an iPod. I want to be you know. So yeah. it's or become. I want, to do a, I want to do a search. Actually, people just say, "I want to Google, Google it." it. Yeah. yeah exactly. And can you get me a Kleenex? Good, no, good from a Kleenex. Yeah. Well, that's would what I'm like saying. A, it's a brand. Like a What's it called? It's called becoming like a verb or something. I'm not a yeah. wordsmith. Like but. an esky. Esky is another example. Yeah. Esky's actually a you're, brand. Mate, you're the journal. What is it, verbs or nouns? or It's, yeah, well, it's a thing. It's a brand name. It's the brand name. I know. But, but yeah, when, it's, when it's Kleenex become becomes noun, used as a, yeah. a noun, is it? Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. I didn't study much at school. Struggled yeah. a bit. Or they, in some cases it becomes a verb because you say, I'm going to Google it. So That's it's right. a doing word, you see. That's what a verb is, a doing word. An adjective <laughs> is a descriptive word. I'm exactly aware. right. The yes. only one I remember. <laughs> I don't know what happened to all the others, but the others are gone. The Rules of English Grammar by Two Blokes Talking Tech. Mate, I just speak. Yeah. And I don't care whether it so comes no, out you're, you're, proper. You're more from a, a, a talking background. I'm more from a writing background. That's right. yeah, 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 that's the difference with the two blokes of our how our, our careers have. You, and you can tell if you go to eftm.com <laughs> and techguide.com that you, you can very really? much tell which yeah. one of us comes from the Is written right? background. Is yes. Right? Anyway, uh, details of the Fitbits are up at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, it's uh, Apple has announced worldwide developers conference. It's already coming around again. It's mate, a couple they, of months mate, away. They're, they're two and a half, three weeks late on this. Okay. Last year it was much earlier they announced. Really? It. Yes. Well, June the fourth is the yeah. date it kicks off. It's going to be held in San Jose once again uh, at the Machinery Convention Center where we were last year, uh, and. Again, it's going to attract the world's best developers, and Apple are going to roll out iOS 12. They're going to have uh, Mac OS 10.14. They're going to have uh, TVOS 12, WatchOS 5. It's just adding another number to the operating system, and who knows what we can expect to see, but that's why the developers are there. They want to see firsthand not only what the, what the software is going to do, but they also get access, which is rare access, to Apple engineers to run code and to show them things. And remember, this is where we first saw the HomePod and the Mac iMac Pro. Yeah, surprising amount of hardware launched last year, and I'm pretty sure they'll probably launch a couple of products again this year. I don't. There's been a lot of rumours about a March event for the iPad, and you know, mid March, already past mid March, and we've heard nothing. So I'm I'm assuming that they're going to hold on to that and announce at WWDC the new iPad design, which we're assuming is going to kind of follow in the iPhone X's footsteps, yeah. sort of get rid of the home button, face ID, sort of give you more screen on right, the front. Okay. So there's a lot of strong well, rumours about that, like an 11-inch version. Yeah. Well, I think I think there still will be an event before Dub Dub, and I think that they will leave laptops for Dub Dub. Really? I, I think they need... last year they did the iPad Pro, the 10-inch iPad Pro at WWDC, right. 10.5, remember okay. that? Yeah. I think they need. Uh, I think they need, need a new MacBook Air. Yeah. See, the MacBook exists. Yeah. 
and the MacBook Pro exists, and the MacBook is great. I bought my wife one; she loves it. It's great. But I love the. I loved my MacBook Air. I had an eleven-inch MacBook Air. Yeah, it was reasonably affordable, even though I expected it, it was. I had a screen. Yeah, you know what? It's It was. It was. It's in terms of the size. Yeah, the screen's small, but, but for writing, it was good in that. Eh? I don't right. know. Yeah, I don't know why we need a MacBook Air, but I think they need a MacBook Air. Like that's the weird yeah. thing about what I'm saying. I think they need a computer cheaper than the MacBook. Yeah. Um. But I'm not sure they're going to but do how it. How are they differentiated though? Like the MacBook Air, the, the only thing you could do with the MacBook Air is give it a Retina display. Because still that'd be great. It. Still doesn't have one, but that'd be a MacBook then. True. Yeah. Like what, how are they differentiated? That that's the issue they've got. They kind of they don't want to cannibalise their own product line. So whether they do that at WWDC, whether, like, I don't think they're going to update. I don't think they're going to use Worldwide Developers Conference to announce new yeah. chipsets for for the MacBook MacBooks. That'll just happen and randomly. iMacs were updated last year pretty significantly. iMac Pro was update, or announced also. Yeah. So I think all it leaves them to do is to announce an iPad if, if they don't have the event. So it's or, already- or go back to a core developer focus where you just yeah. talk about company performance and specifications and software. You've got to remember there's – so there was a story this week uh, and there was some drama about I think a bunch of really high-profile shareholders of Apple – Got the irrits with Apple and, got you know, kids and screen time and, you know, yeah. parents and apps and stuff. And so Apple have actually launched a website called apple.com forward slash family where it's pretty much just telling parents, you know, the things that you can do. I think they're going to, like, I think about Do Not Disturb While Driving and how successful that was as an announcement, but how it still has a lot of, you know, yeah. exposure to go. I think they're going to focus on those things, uh, you know, more features in, yeah. in software. And I think that's why they should focus on that at DubDub. I reckon, too, they're going to do AR kit. Yeah, more VR stuff. Yeah. They're going to do gym kit, all these other kits that they that they were announced last year. We've had a full 12 months with them now at the show. We're going to see that develop even further and become a bigger part of their product offering. Being able to, like AR, they kind of, on the developer side, they kind of took ownership of, we want to help you make AR apps. And yeah. as we saw with that, the, the thing we saw in New York, all the examples that were incredible games and uses of the technology – It'll be probably about that. But I'd be disappointed if there's no, not hardware. I want to see some product. I want to see something. And, and that's why I think my, this is what I think is going to happen. There won't be an iPad event. They'll save that up for Worldwide Developers Conference. Okay. Well, and we will wait. Unless and, you've already been invited to no, mate, without telling we'll have to, <laughs> We'll wait and see. But, you know, June. So it's similar June timing to last year. Yeah, exactly the same. Because yeah. um, we went from London, remember? We went from the Intel, the ICC cricket, and then... That was the what 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 did you call the longest two weeks of your life? Or is that what you called it? You bludger. It was a wonderful time spending with you, Stephen. <laughs> uh, details at dub dub dc at techguy.com.au. See the incredible, the latest ULED TVs from Hisense. The all-new Hisense Series 7 has features customers have embraced, including depth of rich colours and detailed picture quality. With Hisense ULED, Australian consumers will always have access to the very best in content and great picture quality. ULED is the result of more than 50 patented technologies to bring the best out of its remarkable LCD LED TVs. Key features you'll get 4K UHD resolution, HDR, wide colour gamut, local dimming, 
and that all adds up to a viewing experience that will blow your mind. The stylish ULED Series 7 opens up Netflix up to 4K HDR. You can also view Stan, Freeview Plus, and YouTube, and it's all built in. Using the Hisense interface, customising your TV to your personal viewing habits has never been easier thanks to the handy ribbon menu. The Hisense 4K ULED Series 7 TVs come in a range of sizes, 50, 55, 65, and the big one, the 75-inch. See one for yourself today at your local electronics retailer. With Hisense, see the incredible. Well, a big week for NBN just gone. They've announced a a new reporting program. Now, they've always issued uh, weekly reports on rollouts, how many houses are available and how many houses are connected. They've always done their, you know, required business updates and updates to the Senate on on different things. But this is a new, easy to read uh, report that's going to come out every single month. And it talks about not just the number of homes available to connect, the number of homes that have connected, but also um, things like how many installations occurred on time the first time, how many um, faults have been reported per 100 customers. and congestion on the network, which yeah. is, is a huge deal because people need to know that it's either getting better or worse, but it's not being broken down by telco. So there's some good and bads here. But I take out of this and I go straight off. I go, look, there's now 3.6 million people connected to the NBN. Yeah. That's a bloody lot of people, mate. And I know that people set up dramas, and trust me, I've been dealing with them all week <laughs> um, because we opened it up to uh, today's show viewers to actually throw me questions, which was just excellent. Um, and you know, what was the most common, most question? most common problem: people aren't don't have it; they want it. Right. Second most common problem: it's it's rubbish. But have but you got they, it? No, I don't have it. So they're not connecting because they because they don't think it's going to be good. Actual problems that people have: um, speed problems, which are actually Wi-Fi issues in their home or cabling issues in their home. Or lastly, and the things that we've been trying to solve with individualised peas, just really crap communication between the telcos and the mm. MBN and getting problems but, solved. But a lot of people too, I think. Uh, they, I think they're put, they're placed on it. They've just said, "Yeah, sign me up to the NBN." They're put on the lowest yep. speed, and they think, "How come it's not fast?" Because yep. they're on the lowest speed. That's correct. They just, it's just so them not knowing. Now, so that's the other critical thing here. In December, they changed the pricing. Uh, Telstra is converting a million, up to a million customers to the fifty yeah, meg speed yeah, plan. Yeah, last week. That's um, good it's a huge thing, yeah, and yeah, and that has shown that we've gone now from sixteen percent of customers on 50 meg or higher speed plans, up to 25, and it's going to get to 33% or more. I predict it'll get to 45% by the middle of the year, Yeah, um, just based default, on some numbers I've done. the default NBN? Like, well, that, but that, see, that's what the NBN want, right? The NBN and the government want everyone on 50 yeah. broadly because then it'll feel much better. Yeah. Obviously, there's some people that can't get 50 because of uh, satellite or yeah. FTTN a long or way from the node. Correct, but yeah. that's why the price is now the same as 25. Oh, okay. But I Telstra, though. On Telstra? No, every, pretty right, much so everywhere. Yeah, the wholesale pricing right, okay. changed. Me not be, having the NBM, I don't know. There's going to be new pricing months, for everyone in May. Um, so the number of people pushing onto the higher speeds is good, yep. but again, the, the messaging is difficult. But look, I mean, this is a good report. We'll have to wait and see. There's going to be some bad months for them because there will be bad months of complaints. There'll be bad months of congestion. But congestion down from five hours to 12 minutes a week. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty no, good. That's impressive. Yeah, in the 12 months, that's yeah. not bad. I, I, I singled that out in my story too, but... I I, I uh, applaud the NBN for taking this for doing this because it says to people, look, we're going to be transparent. We're going to sh- open it up to everyone to see how hard we're working. So I think they're trying to take a little bit of the heat off themselves and yeah. say to say, well, look, we're doing everything we can. If you've got an issue, it perhaps could be your retailer. 
Yeah. Is, that, is this it, sort of another sort of way for them to say, look, correct. We're, we're doing our best. If you've got a drama, talk to your retailers. And they flat out won't talk about the retailers. They know no. which retailers are fast yeah. and slow, but they can't tell us. Yeah. The ACCC is going to give us that information, but I don't think it'll be brilliant, reliable, brilliantly reliable. But the bottom line is it does. It puts. So I, I've got a, an unbelievable um, contact at Optus. Patrick, a shout out, mate. Absolutely top bloke who personally calls listeners to help them with their Optus problems. And I'm saying 90% of the time I send someone to him, these people are are on the ledge. They're going to give Optus the flick because it's (laughs) rubbish, right? And he talks them off the ledge by saying, what's this? It's this. And they do tests. And it ends up being, mate, get an Orbi or get a Google Wi-Fi. And but problem that's solved. Problem, eh? like, that's often the issue is that they're not handling the network properly in their house. That's right. The internet's coming into their home pretty good, but they're just not managing it in their well, home here's, properly. Here's the number. I, I say to people, okay, which talk are you with? Which speed tier you're on? They tell me, they tell me. And then I say, okay, that speed test that you've just sent me a screenshot of, or 55 screenshots in the case of some people, um, they on Wi-Fi because they're from Wi-Fi. They're not speed tests. They're just indicative of your Wi-Fi speed. Yeah. Go and plug into the modem and give me a speed test. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's then a Wi-Fi problem, it's because you're sitting 10 metres from the modem and you've got a crappy internet provide modem. Yeah. Keep the modem the internet provider gives you. That's great. Buy a good router. And buy a good router. Google Wi-Fi, Netgear, Orbi, and, and, and just, it solves a huge number of the problems. And just, just news for everyone listening who doesn't already know, buying a new modem or router doesn't make the internet come into your house faster. No. Which is why a lot of people think it some does. People say, some people say to me, should I get a different modem from the ISP? I say no, because the you just want them to provide the internet. Yes. So just get, uh, go the cheapest, mate. doesn't matter. Just get a modem from yeah, them. And then the disable Wi-Fi on that cheap, crappy modem yeah. and install a great one. Yeah. And uh, all, all be your Google Wi-Fi will change your world, and it does for yeah. everyone I speak to about it. So, yeah. look, I think good report from NBN. I think I look forward to following it every month, and I'm happy to report on it every month because you know people are going to ask questions, and there's oh, there's a lot to learn. You know, bottom line is people want it. People do want the NBN. I mean, we had me too. Bring it on, <laughs> hello, <laughs> Pagewood. Give us some love. <laughs> it's coming, Stephen. It's coming. Yeah, I know. They say I think it's between April and June. So April's next month. So. It'll be, it'll be I'm June waiting. the 30th. <laughs> I'm, every day I'm checking to see if there's a truck out the front. They won't, I'll, I'll give you a goal plate guarantee. Already done. It's already no, I, I, they're done. Like the, really? They'll just be doing back-end testing stuff. Yeah, yeah right. You'll just get a letter. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I, I'm, Do I'm you want hoping, me to find out for you? I'm, well, heck, well, you got <laughs> you got a little secret contact, have you? I can find out. Okay, we'll find out, mate. And tell them if I can just pay a little bit extra to get from the telecom pit to my house. Just give me another 10 metres of fibre if they could. Rather than using the copper, is that possible? Or? Mate, just string the fibre over the trees, you'd be sweet. Yeah. No dramas. Can I do that? No. Details <laughs> of the NBN Monthly Report at eftm.com and techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. How important is mobile data? How much nah, data do that you That doesn't have? matter, mate. It's How much good. data do you have? We're both Vodafone customers. How much data have you got? Um, because I'm Vodafone. shared with Amanda, it's a total of like 32 or something. Okay, yeah. I'm, I think I'm about 36. But, uh, I don't use anywhere near that amount. Oh, no, we don't. But uh, there are people that go close to it and that consume a lot of data on the move, uh, including uh, a lot of, obviously the young, the, your 18 to 25s, I think, would be who are out and about just smashing data all the time. Yeah. Uh, so data is the most important component of any plan. Talk, text, we get it. We can get that on any plan, unlimited. But it's data that really sort of can swing you between telcos. Yeah. Optus have just this week come up with a double data allowance, and this is obviously to coincide with the Galaxy S9 launch today. We're recording on a Friday, yeah. and 
Uh, they've also offered it for the iPhone 10, but also for mobile broadband and for SIM-only plans. So they've doubled the plan. So if you want to buy a Galaxy S9, 64 gig, on their lease plan, by the way, which means after 12 months you can upgrade for 99 bucks. After 24 months you give the phone back. So you know you never own the phone. You lease such the phone. a bad way to go, people. But you but if the, you want to keep your monthly costs down, after two years you probably don't want to keep the phone. You want a new phone. But that's that's up to the individual. But the this is on the lease plan, so it's only it's 85 dollars a month. You get the phone for free. And you get 32 gig of data per month, which includes the bonus 16 gig. That's a lot of data, That's isn't it? A lot. If you want to get the iPhone 10, they've got it for 100 bucks on the exactly the lease plan. That's but iPhone 10, 256 gig. So the the 1800 29 phone, 100 bucks a month on the lease plan, 80 gig of data, 80. Eight zero gig of data. Mobile broadband, though, I think here's where a lot of people will probably take advantage of it. Mobile broadband, so you can get a, a SIM card for your tablet or whatever you want to do, mm. and you can get for, for 50 bucks a month, you get 50 gig. So 50 bucks, 50 gig, and that's up from 25. But if you want to go $70, 200 gig a month wow. for your data. Uh, so that offers available till April 2nd. And the other thing, the SIM-only plans. And again, if you've got your own device, if you've bought your own device, you can sign up on a 12-month SIM-only plan, 30 gig of data for 40 bucks. Now, Pretty good. This is interesting because there was a, a story in the AFR Financial Review about Optus for one day last week offering unlimited data mm. mobile plans. Now, for apparently, one day. For, yeah, well, what happened? The offer went up and then it went down. So we don't know whether it was intentionally like that or whether someone stuffed up or what. But right. essentially, it went out to kind of fixed line customers um, who didn't have mobiles with Optus. You should have got it, mate. Check your emails. I did. Um, and it was something like $60 a month, unlimited calls, texts, and unlimited data. And then it, the more phones you connected to, so if you put three people on it, it'd come down to kind of 40 for the last ones. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it got a lot of attention because it's unlimited data. We've never had that in Australia before, but there are a lot of catches. Like if you were streaming and Spotifying and stuff, it was you know, capped at like one, one meg speeds or something. So there's basically a whole bunch of caveats around uh -huh. the unlimited nature of the data. But still, very interesting that we've seen our first toe in the water for unlimited data in but Australia, it, don't you think? It makes sense because, like, you know, you just remarked before, 32 gig a month and you go nowhere near it. So they, so technically, Vodafone could say to you, "Hey, Trev, you got unlimited data. Yeah, are you going to do anything? Are you going to do anything different? No, you're not going to get anywhere near 32 gig anyway. That's right. That's so right. just so psychologically, thinking well, unlimited, that's great. How that that sort of gives you peace of mind. Yeah, cool. I'll sign yeah. up to that. But I think what the approach should be here, and you mentioned it too, the family sort of the the family plan where. You don't sign up as an individual. You sign up as a family or as a business or something yeah. like that. Where, okay, you want to get each person in the unlimited plan's got to pay us forty bucks a month or fifty bucks a month, and you get unlimited. Yeah. And that you know, take the phone out of it. So if it's just your data, then that's a great way of attracting even more. That sort of ramping up your your ARPU for per family, the average revenue per user. So. I think that's a great approach, and who's gonna who's gonna use more than forty gig a month anyway? Like Optus's other my sim the sim only plan, sixty bucks a month for a twelve month contract, you get a hundred gig of data. I think there's 100. a risk, right? So the problem is it's risk managed. Like the banks, how do you how do you manage the risk of people that tap yeah. and go fraud, right? How do you manage the risk of the some people that don't want to have home internet and pay seventy bucks a month for that? 
and just want to stream them and Netflix. You know, how do, how do you make sure that you don't suddenly just push everyone onto another another thing when you've got you know home broadband plans and stuff? So they have to manage that risk. There's 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 a certain amount of money people are going to spend per month on data, whether it's home broadband or their phone. Yeah. So that's why I think the first time we see unlimited plans genuinely will be in in bundles. So if well, Vodafone's look here's the next year, I'll tell you. I'll, tell you I, I'll say where I'm not an, I'm not a I'm a Vodafone mobile customer, not NBN. Yep. If Vodafone say to me, if you're an NBN customer and a mobile customer, you can go unlimited for sixty bucks a month. Yep. I'm all in on my mobile phone because I'm paying. So and they tie you. I'm still so paying you unlimited if you're you've got another Correct. product with them. Yeah. Because I'm just saying, like you've got you got a certain amount of money to spend. We all spend. A, we've got a monthly fee for our home broadband. We've got a monthly fee for our mobile. So. We're going to have there's, there's that amount of money probably isn't going to change who we spend it with and how much we allocate can change. Yeah, so, so if if you look at me now as a as a um, Vodafone customer, I'm my my average revenue per user is between forty and eighty a month probably because of the the roaming that yeah, I do yeah, right. Yeah. Um, throw in my hundred dollar a month home broadband and my APU suddenly becomes yeah. really valuable to them and retention Absolutely. of customers. So yeah. I think that's what we're going to see is the model going forward. So does, does Vodafone have, so Vodafone don't have any kind of offers like you you you're a Vodafone customer and you got the NBN already. So you could potentially what about rolly eyes boy yeah. over here. And <laughs> yeah, no, I'm saying I can't try this. Yeah. You could ring up a Vodafone and say, well what can you do for me? You know what they do? They give and you I think they, they give you extra data. I think so if you're a Vodafone customer and an N, an NBN yeah. plan you get extra like an extra on your mobile. Really? So you get like an extra three gig or ten gig or something, right? Like it's good, but it's not unlimited. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's where we're going to sound limited. What's first. Vodafone like on the NBN? How they, I don't how know. I haven't tested them. Yeah, no. Right. Okay, I might give them a crack when, if and when I get my yeah. NBN. I mean, look, I'm 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 loath to leave Aussie broadband. I've just they've, they've yeah, been really? exceptional. Yeah. They they stand by their speeds. Um, they're, they're the ones who don't offer unlimited day. So they say give you a thousand. Yeah, they're, they're the ones. And I've had, I've had people email me and say, you were right. Um, you ring them up and say, I'd like to sign up. And they, they look at your address and they go, sorry, we can't sign you up. And they go, why not? Because we're congested in that area. We're, we're at 80% in that area. So if they're at 80% capacity in your area, yeah, they right. will not sign new people until they've added capacity in your area. Like right. that's how committed to the customer cool. experience they are, right? So when, when, they get, when the NBN's available here... I, obviously, they won't be congested here because the NBA has just arrived. So if I get in early, I can get good service through Correct. Aussie Broadband or whoever. Yeah. Does is that how Telstra and Optus and that work no, or not? They just go. So Telstra say, yeah, here, take it. Yeah. Telstra just go take Telstra it. Telstra yeah. send me a motor. And yeah. Say, yeah. You're on. And, the, the and they'll, they'll they'll go. Oh, look at that. That seems congested. Someone fix that. And then three months <laughs> later, it'll get fixed, right? Yeah. Whereas Aussie Broadband's fixed. They look at it every night. Yeah, they right. add capacity on a nightly basis. What about Optus? I hear a lot of con- criticism of Telstra's NBA. No, I, I, I get NBN? I get more. Com- so think about this, Optus. Telstra's the biggest, yeah. probably then IONET and Optus and then all the others, right? In I get terms of the levels a, of the Number customers. of customers, yeah. yeah right. I get more complaints about Optus than any really? other telco. What complaints? Speed. Speed. Really? Yeah. Okay. Which, and in, in Patrick's defence, my, my man who is a listener, I think. Um, yeah. G'day, uh, hey, Pat. Um, yeah. Speed, so, <laughs> um, is is a lot of the time caused in the home, and that's a problem with a lot of MBNs. But I'm I'm pretty confident they they've yeah. got some backhaul issues around the network. Yeah, the internet was rubbish here again last night, and I'm an Optus customer. Yeah. I actually I, I'll be I'll be upfront. They the the internet was so bad here for about three weeks. It was like lucky to get four megabits. I'm on cable. I'm I'm cable customer, and uh, they gave me a month for free. They said, "Well, we're not going to charge you for that month because we've had issues." They 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 had a genuine issue that. Oh, in this is that area. why you bought that new car? Bigger pardon? Bought a new, new car, car with that month saving. 
I didn't know. I didn't. I don't pay that much per month, mate. I hope not. But um, yeah. So anyway, it is, it is something that like it's something that's close to our hearts, isn't it? The speed of the internet. We live and die by it now. If if you got if your internet's rubbish, like it's really limited. I think what the two blokes have called it here. Twenty. I think this year could be twenty eighteen. Could be the year of unlimited broadband, unlimited yeah. mobile plans for bundled home customers. I, I reckon it's probably they're going to time it around five G. Don't you reckon the five G networks will be able to handle that a bit better? Five when five G comes in. I know. I know for a fact that well, twenty twenty. So yeah, Optus are going to have um, Optus are going to have a five G home broadband product next year. Yeah. And, uh, Do you know how those work, though? Like uh, they've got to be specifically placed, like by the window, in a yeah, particular spot. Well, like they're, they're not exactly a, a fun network, product. Yeah, if you're in a good network, you've got good network reception. No, but no they're like fixed wireless products. They're like yeah, the NBN yeah. fixed wireless. Okay. So it's not like mobile reception. It's like kind of like a. It's what they call a fixed five G connection. So it's yeah. it's direct to a single location. So you literally almost need to be line aside. Yeah, right. So the hot oh, mate. We'll get started about five G another day. It's yeah. it's a complete joke the way people are talking about it. Actual games. real people mobile phone five G twenty twenty. Do you reckon? Oh, 100%. Think, no, I'll give well, a gold player to guarantee. Well, is it Samsung's uh, next device, I don't think will be 5G. The, S, the S10. The S10 will not be 5G. You know, I thought 2019 is going to be when all the products are going to come in. No, because 5G is, is a staggered thing. It starts with fixed broadband. It, start, it goes into IoT, narrowband, and then it gets into consumer stuff. Mm. No. There'll be, you know, ZTE and other weird yeah, companies yeah. will announce 5G handsets. <laughs> But the 2019, I'm, I'm yeah. better to put it down, the 2019 Samsung phone won't be 5G. Pretty confident the 2019 iPhone won't be 5G as well. well. I think it will be because they the, the announced it'll be September 2019, so it'll be ready for 5G. 5G mobile networks won't be in place till 2020. 2020, not next year. There'll Why be not? 5G networks, in, yeah. in, but not real consumer handset networks. Yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, the telcos, they're I pretty. Thought, I thought yeah. next year. <laughs> no, no, they're, no, they're, 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 they're all, they're, mate, they're all full of BS, mate. They're, yeah. they're, they're sprouting things, and when you dig deep into it, it's not what we yeah. all think it is. But I, I do expect, though, still, I think we had this discussion in Barcelona where next year's Mobile World Congress will be wall to wall 5G. Wall to wall 5G. Well, no, I mean, well, it's been popular, but I reckon more than ever it'll be next year 5G. Well, audio, check it out. Uh, Optus deals at uh, techguide.com.au. We digress. Stephen, you've been 3D printing. I have been, yeah, and uh, I was testing out a product, actually, you can buy from Aldi, would you believe? This is the Cocoon Create 3D printer. was initially offered at $499. I've seen it for $449 now, so get in while you can. Now, I've got to say, this is a really cool – I've never used a 3D printer before. This was my very first attempt, so I thought, what a great experience to test out this beginner's product on a beginner. And it was reasonably easy to set up. It, there was a couple of times where I had to sort of hit, hit YouTube up for a couple of uh, couple of lessons on how to set it up properly. That the the information that came with it could have been a little bit more detailed. Uh, there was actually one time where I was had to call uh, their their tech helpline and had to unscrew part of it and take out a bit of filament that was stuck in the extruder, which uh, was a was a bit of an issue. But apart from that, I've got to say, really easy to use, and it's just opened up this whole world of things you can create with three D printers. And people say. Well, what the hell do you use a 3D printer for? You can have a lot of fun printing out these fun objects, but I can see down the track where companies, rather than having to sell you, send you a part for some kind of thing you've got at home, they can just send you a file and you just print it out. I agree, but I think it'll be more centralised. There'll be places you go, like your yeah. local somewhere that, that prints the stuff. 
I bought a 3D printer, I don't know, two, three years ago. I printed a chess set, printed stuff for the kids. Yeah. Mate, it's in mothballs. So it's, it really? uh, I, wouldn't, well, I wouldn't go near it. I've got the bug at the moment because it's pretty new. So yeah. I'm sort of testing out things. I'm printing out like that. That's the start of the Eiffel Tower yeah. that I printed yeah. out. So I'm going nuts with it. I'm thinking, wow, let's see what we can do. And I'm fascinated by it. I think it's a fun hobby. It could be a really cool hobby no, for people. And, and, and 449, you're not going to break the bank tr- testing it out. Great fun if you've got kids. You can create little fun objects and, yeah. and make things. You can make jewellery and all kinds of decorative things. And I, I printed out a, like some rockets and I, I, some dice. I, I printed out a little footy. And that, that's part of the Eiffel Tower. You can see on my story there. And also a rocket that came, you had to print it in three pieces and then put it together as one. And it's a really cool little thing to have on your desk. It's a nice little... How long the rocket take to print? That took probably all up about uh, two days. Like, like one of them took like seven hours. The other part took six and a half hours. So I don't think that in 10 minutes you're going to get a brand yeah. new object. Yeah. It's set and forget time. Yeah, cool. uh, and there was a couple of times, I've got to say, to be brutally honest, where the print did stuff up, like the heat, the, the, the bed and the extruder both have to be at a certain temperature. And once the print starts sliding around your bed, then you've stuffed it up and you can't just sort of say, okay, let's just mine, go to... Mine gets glued on. It's weird. And if you yeah. stuff the gluing up, it doesn't work. Really? Yeah. you got to glue it on. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. So this one has a bed that heats up, the extruder heats up, and, and you go to town. So basically how it works is the filament, so like a little small plastic pipe goes in the top. It melts that plastic and lays it millimetre by millimetre in layers. Mm-hmm. Fascinating technology and, and, and pretty good detail. If you have a look at some of my pictures yeah, on Tech no, Guide, nice. amazing detail in the, in the thing, where uh, in, in the object. So worth a look, 449 at Aldi, the Cocoon 3D printer. Check it out, photos at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And, mate, you've taken a look at the uh, Asus Spin 5. Uh, we reviewed this a couple of weeks ago. It's a nice convertible laptop. It is. It's uh, And we're talking convertibles. We're not talking cars here. We're talking a laptop that can also be a, a tablet, a versatile product. Can, you can have it in what they call tent mode, so you can sit it up and just watch the screen. You can have it just – you can – fold the screen, the keyboard back onto it and just have it as a tablet. Uh, I, I reviewed the 13.3 inch. It's available as a 15 inch as well. Really nice design, made of really premium materials, but that kind of plays against it. It's like there's a lot of metal in it, so it could be a bit heavy. Like it's 1.6 kilos. I know that's mm. definitely too heavy for you. Oh, it's uh, It's pretty heavy. And the other thing, uh, it, it also got a little bit warm. So I think uh, having it in your lap, I noticed it got a bit hot. So holding it in your hand, not only does it get hot, but it's also pretty hard to hold for being so heavy for extended periods of time. Mm. But in terms of uh, what you get under the hood, eighth generation Intel Core processor, NVIDIA graphics card. So work work like a charm for most of the uh, processing that you want to do. So if you want to get really high end with your games and really high end with your video editing, you may need to beef this up a bit or go for something with a bit more power. But in terms of being an on-the-go workhorse, getting everything done, using it for work and play, really nice laptop. Got beautiful speakers as well. It's got uh, lovely Dolby Tune, Dolby Audio, True Harmony technology built in. Little fingerprint reader too on the trackpad for added security, which was cool. What frustrated me a little bit though was how thick the bezel was around the screen. I'm thinking all that space, they could have made it either – 
smaller, so brought it all the way in, or taken up the extra bezel on the outside and made it a – you could put a 15-inch screen into that space. Yeah, ever since I saw the Dell XPS 13 in Vegas, which is going to become my primary machine, I love it, yeah. um, and the Huawei MateBook followed that in, yeah. in Barcelona, I just look at laptops now and go, well, that's just hideous. Yeah. Like, what are you like, doing? Well, like, like I'm using a MacBook now, and the bezel's pretty thin on each side, so you're getting more screen real estate. It's kind of like what they do with the phone, sort of the 80 by 9 fit more screen. You can screen also in. now look at that and go, it could be bigger. Yeah. <laughs> no, true. Absolutely. Well, no, you just got to wonder what the next model is going to look like. Well, more importantly, the, the body of the, the computer could be smaller. Yeah, that's, that's what it comes yeah, down true. to. Absolutely right. And in terms of the Ace of the Spin 5 connectivity, you've got all your UF two, three USB ports, a USB-C port, HDMI out, the whole bit. So connectivity is even an SD card slot. Yes, thank you. It would be good if a MacBook had one of them too. Or even a micro SD card slot. You surely you could fit a micro SD card slot there, couldn't you? Mate, you want to work with the Apple engineers, they surely can squeeze something else into that. Have you seen under the hood there? Yeah, come on, guys. But anyway, the uh, Asus Spin 5 is, uh, and pricing varies because of all the different configurations. I think you're looking at starting at about $1,500. So Asus Spin 5, uh, a good good all-round laptop for work and play, handy, convertible. You can use it as a tablet, use it as a laptop. Nice keyboard, nice quality screen, although the bezels could have been a bit smaller. But overall, a lovely little convertible. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Stephen, that's a wrap. Um, we should do it again next week. I'm not sure when, though, because I'm going to Melbourne. But we'll work that out. Uh, Melbourne on the 22nd. Uh, you're coming down on Wednesday? You? I'll be on um, oh, Thursday. On Thursday morning, yeah. Okay, we'll record at the Grand Prix. That's okay. what we'll do. Cool. So we're done, and that's uh, guaranteed then. you just stay for the day or stay overnight? I'll stay a couple of nights, yeah. Oh, really? Because it's Grand Prix, mate. That's yeah. great. Oh, no, I'm going that's down on Wednesday. week for you. I've got to go down Wednesday. But I'll be down and I'll come oh, home on Friday. You can do your show for nearly. Uh, well, I'll do the Today show. show on Thursday morning. Okay. So I'll go down on Wednesday. Okay. And um, yeah, I'll come home on Friday. And um, yeah, all good. Nice. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, we're going to be, uh, well, I'm a guest of Epson. Is it? That is, I'm also a guest Who are sponsors of the Mercedes Benz team. We're going to get a behind the scenes tour, apparently. Oh, yeah. I'm going to join Mercedes on Friday as well. Lovely. Lovely, jubbly. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for your uh, feedback. Ziggy Zaggy, the hashtag. Uh, at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick. We'll talk to you next week. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.